0: welcome to the faith assembly podcast we're so glad that you've joined us today it is our desire at Faith to help you connect grow and go in your walk with god we hope you're encouraged by this message from pastor steve well if you have your bible with you this morning i want to invite you to turn with me to luke chapter one and from luke's gospel this morning i'm going to share a message with you that i often share this time of year and uh, if you've heard me any length of time, you've probably heard some variation of this message before. But it's one to which ever so often the, the Spirit of the Lord seems to redirect me. And uh, I like to remind people. I've, I've learned over the years that sometimes the, the task of preaching the Word of the Lord has as much to do with reminding as it does with revealing. Uh, so I want to remind you here of a couple of things this morning uh, as we turn our attention to, it's December first, and how that happened, I'm not quite sure. But at any rate, we are closing, beginning to close out this year. And throughout this year, we've been concentrating on the subject or the idea of moving forward in our lives and in our faith. And one thing that will be crucial to that, we will be covering in this message today. And that is an availability and a willingness to be led of the Holy Spirit in your life. And to just say, here am I, Lord, send me. Amen? Well, we're going to start with some exercises this morning. Nah. Yeah, I know, I know, I can tell from your response that's not what you were expecting when you came to church this morning. Uh, you're all like hung over on gravy and ham and stuff and you, you weren't really expecting that today. But hey, it, it's okay, because it's all mental, okay? You don't have to get up, no calisthenics. First of all, I want you to think about things in your life that you feel, you perceive, you know, that God is calling you to do. And as you're thinking about those things, maybe you can readily identify God's calling on your life. You know exactly what His desire for your life is, and for you, that is great. I, I applaud you. Maybe you're here today and your situation's a little different. You would be hesitant this morning to say, Listen, I know that I've heard from God. But there's just that little something that keeps persisting in your thoughts. Right now it seems like a wild idea, and it's so far outside of what you've estimated your capabilities to be, but you know that at the end of it, it would bring honor to the name of the Lord. At the end of it, it would edify and bless others, and at the root of it, there's nothing to do with personal Gain, but it's simply a a desire to give yourself in service to others. If you're experiencing any of that, then there is a good chance that you are wrestling with the call of God on your life. If you're here today, maybe you're a guest or perhaps you haven't been to church for a long time, I just want to let you know that you're still not exempt from this message today. In fact, God has a plan for your life and it's high time for all of us to just surrender to God and his plan for our lives and and begin to bring him glory and him honor through our lives. Amen. Whatever your case, I want you to begin to think this morning about that thing that you desire in your heart to do that's not of yourself. Number two, I want you to agree with me in this house today that we will let God be God. There's, there's something about the maturation process in many Christian circles that I believe is short-circuited simply because though we boast a belief in the sovereignty of God, we don't necessarily exercise a practice of the sovereignty of God. By that, I mean, we see God moving, we see God stirring, we discern that, you know, people are being moved by the Spirit of the Lord, but to that, we add our judgment. And and we begin to say, you know, I don't don't believe that person's really heard from the Lord. You know, they say God is moving them to do this thing or that thing, but I, I just don't see how that could unfold in their lives, so I'm just not sure that they've heard from the Lord. Now, obviously, there are places and times where discernment needs to come to play and, you know, we can't be ridiculous. But can I tell you that sometimes God chooses the unlikely and oftentimes God chooses the unlikely and we need to avoid the hazard of not allowing God to be sovereign in our midst as he is raising up men and women and birthing calls and birthing desires and birthing things in their heart that he wants to bring to fruition through their lives. The house of the Lord needs to be a place where we can, to some degree, within the realm of prudence, we can can reveal our vulnerabilities We can show our imperfections. We can show that we are vessels of clay and we're fractured and we're broken because the only way that we can ever find healing is first of all to be able to say, I'm not whole. So the house of the Lord needs to be that place. And then beyond that, the only way that we can really discover, because a lot of people are completely lost as to what God's will and God's plan and purpose is for them, because they've lived, maybe even been to church for decades, but they've always been fearful of what the judgment of others would be if they were to step out of their comfort zone and say, this is where I feel the Lord is leading me. So the house of the Lord needs to be a place where we let God be God. Number three, I want you to be aware that at the end of this message, we're going to offer you an opportunity to come forward to receive prayer for God's anointing over your life and ministry, and you need to go ahead and make up your mind right now that you're going to be a part of that prayer regardless of what the person next to you does. Go ahead and put to rest the insecurities that would hinder you from receiving this word from the Lord today. Can we do that? If I were to make a guess, I would be willing to guess today that there are people under the sound of my voice who have held things in their heart for many, many years or maybe even decades of time. But because of whatever trepidation, because of whatever fear, because of whatever insecurity, they've held that in. And I would further guess that some of those same people have felt incompetent, incapable, and ill-equipped to launch out and do the things that you felt the Lord's leading for so long to do. And there are many reasons. and. and and arguments that we can find within ourselves our own wisdom and reasoning that would make it hard for us to look at the call of God and simply by faith say to him as Mary said to the angelic messenger I am your servant be it unto me just just like you've said Lord I don't understand it all I don't I don't I don't see how this is going to happen, but Lord, be it unto me. And I want to share with you again this morning a passage from the Christmas narrative. And we're going to take a look at a moment in the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it's, it's going to be her response to learning the plan of God for her life. Reasoning with God, all the reasons why she might not be the most likely candidate for the job... And then hearing God's solution for that problem. And it's my prayer that you leave this house today, encouraged to say, be it unto me concerning the call of God for your life. If you have your Bibles, please turn, as I said, Luke chapter 1, and let's read together beginning in verse 26, and we're going to read a fairly lengthy portion of narrative here, but it's just a wonderful story and it's worth our time this morning. And it begins this way in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Then the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you And then the angel left her. There are a few key points here from this passage that I'd like to touch on this morning as this exchange unfolds here between Mary and this angelic messenger. First of all, I want to talk this morning briefly about experiencing the call of God. You know, there are many of us that we've been to church all our lives and still for us when we hear that, that phrase experiencing the call of God, what is the call of God, how does that look in my life? Somebody said everybody's got a call, but as yet I've not discerned my call, I don't understand the call, and the questions, sometimes we have more questions than answers in that. But when God begins to reveal his plans to us, he often does so in very diverse ways. Here in the text, we've seen God send an angelic messenger to Mary, but we see him do this in very different ways. Sometimes he speaks through life experiences and, and because of the things that we've gone through in this life, the, the way that we've been formed and molded through a series of events, it has opened our eyes to a need and then the Holy Spirit awakens our heart to how we can help to be a supply to that point of need and then we are moved by the Spirit to feel said need or at least to help in filling that need. Sometimes God may just simply deal with our hearts and speak directly to us in a still, small voice. And he may whisper in our spirit over and over again and just just impressing upon us things that he would like for us to do and, and, and feats that he would like us to accomplish. Sometimes God will speak through a prophet to inform us of our calling or more often confirm our calling in us and I want to stop there and add this caution to that if anybody approaches you and says thus says the Lord or I believe this is the word of the Lord for your life that's all well and good you need to hear them out you need to listen to what they have to say But there's two things that you need to be aware of and two things by which you need to gauge what you've just heard come from the lips of the prophet. Number one is does it align with the word of the Lord? Does it align with the written word of God? Because if it doesn't align with that, just immediately hit the delete button and and be done with it. Secondarily, and most often, when the Lord uses a prophet to speak to us, it's going to be not a word of revelation for us, but it's going to be a word of confirmation for us. More often than not, we know what the Holy Spirit has already been dealing with us about, but sometimes we're just so hard to be moved that we need the handwriting on the wall. I've had people approach me before and say to me I believe the word of the Lord for your life is and what they didn't know is that it was the very same thing verbatim almost that I had spoken to my wife in private places and said if God wants me to do this thing I wish he would just say x y and z and then you know he moves and that's like I guess I'll do it since you put it that way But if it comes to you and it's brand new news to you and the Lord hasn't dealt with you about it, if it's in line with the word, then fold that up, stick it in your pocket, hang on to it for later. Because sooner or later the Lord will confirm it and if he doesn't, it wasn't for you. Okay? But he spoke to Moses through a burning bush. And as we've already seen here, he speaks to Mary through an angelic messenger. And upon being greeted by this messenger, the Bible describes Mary as being troubled. She's troubled here. I don't see angels that often. I don't know that outside of my lovely wife, I don't know that I've ever seen an angel. But here the angelic messenger appears to Mary, and I believe that Mary has the response that many of us would. She she was troubled She was troubled. She's like, hey, what's going on here? Why is this messenger speaking to me in this manner? Why am I feeling these feelings? Why am I experiencing these thoughts? And oftentimes, when God begins to deal with our hearts, He begins to speak to us about things that are so far removed from anything that we had imagined ourselves to be, or at least something that we never felt ourselves qualified to be. And it kind of catches us off guard. You know I remember when when the Lord first began to deal with me about pastoral ministry and moving in that direction I, I can remember the the how silly that I thought I would feel to announce to anyone that that was god 's plan or I had discerned that to be god 's plan for my life you 've got to understand my my formal training leaving from Uh, out of high school and into adult life was that I was a mechanic. I I worked on equipment and uh, engines and the whole hydraulics and all that good stuff. And uh, I was like minding my business just on life's merry way. And God began revealing things to me and impressing things upon me and working in my wife's heart all at the same time and stirring and just directing. And, and I remember taking those first initial steps and, and moving towards that call. And I, I can remember people saying, hey, what, what wait, wait, wait a minute, what are you doing that for? And then I just waxed all religious on them and I said, <clears throat> well, I just sense and feel that the Lord is... Impressed upon me to prepare myself. And I'd say, they'd say, for what? And I'd say, well, I'm, I'm not quite sure just yet. But I did know. I knew deep in my heart, I just felt so inadequate and incapable and absolutely silly to say it. Because it just, it wasn't me. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't what I had plotted out for my life. And and it just felt the adversary just got into that thing and began to convince me how absolutely insane that was. And you see, Mary had no doubt heard that there was to be a Messiah born into the world But I'd be willing to guess that she had never imagined herself to be the person who would, in fact, bring said Savior into the world. I mean, she had heard the prophecies before, behold, a virgin will conceive, and da-da-da-da-da. You know how the rest of that goes. And she had heard that, but I am, I'm almost certain, and I'll give you my theory for that in just a minute, why she had never one time supposed that she was that virgin, the fulfillment of the prophecy. How many of you have ever felt so impressed to do something or to say something that you felt that there were a hundred other people that should have been chosen to do what God is calling you to do? Just me? Just me. I mean, I could have picked a thousand more likely candidates to do what I do and to dispatch God's call on my life than me. I could have found any number of people that that I'd gone to church with, that I'd went to school with, and and just, I mean, these these wonderful, wonderful people. And and said, you know what, God, there's them. Why not them? Not me, them. Let them do it. And and you know, experiencing the call of God can be quite a mix of emotions because it can be a fearful thing, it can be an exciting thing, it can be an anxious time, it can be an awe-striking time to consider that God might actually perform through us something of great significance. Sometimes when God begins to deal with our hearts, it can kind of feel like we've won the lottery and received a death sentence all at one time because we're so excited about the possibilities of what might be, but we're so scared to death about it that we're almost petrified. Mary had no doubt heard that somebody was going to do it, but she would probably never considered that she would be the one. And as a matter of fact, as I said, I'm pretty sure that she had never considered that because I don't believe that God would use someone so vain as to think that they should have been the one. I think there were probably some people around Jerusalem, Judea, in that region who were studying their word every day and they were keeping the law perfectly and they were doing everything that they should have done and they felt like through their works they should have been rewarded the honor of being the one. And I've got to tell you something today, body of Christ. Much of the body is handicapped. Because some of its parts and some of its members are suffering from a paralysis when it comes to the call of God. And we're just simply sitting around grappling and rationalizing and thinking it through not once, not twice, but many, many, too many times. And we're trying to rationalize with God and change his mind and get him to move and shift the responsibility over to somebody else that we've surmised is more qualified than we are. And all the while, that body that the Spirit of the Lord has called together and has fit formally together through which he wants to impact a community and a world around them is then suffering because there are parts that are not participating. There are parts that are immobilized when they should be very active in the process of moving the body forward. And as I'm speaking to you today, I want you to understand that when we're talking about the call of God, we're not necessarily talking about selling everything that you own and taking off to a foreign country and living in a mud hut and sharing the gospel with the natives. Although there are people that are called to do that, and we appreciate them, we support them, we love and we pray for them. When I'm talking about the call of God, I'm not saying that you need to rush home this afternoon and fill out a three point sermon outline and be ready to share it next Sunday morning from the pulpit. But I'm saying there are some of you in this place this morning and the Spirit of the Lord continuously deals with you and there's an urgency on the inside of you and as insignificant as it may seem in the eyes of other people, the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with you and you know that you need to speak to the youth pastor about serving the youth of the church and the youth of this neighborhood, this community. There's some of you that you know you need to talk to Jim about getting involved with the men's ministry or Pastor Lisa with the women's ministry or Pastor Trey with the worship team. You know that you need to talk to Chuck and Janet about getting involved in the First Impressions team and serving because God has given you an awesome gift of hospitality. But the adversary is on the other side where God is speaking to you, and He's trying to remind you of everything that you ever have been that discredits or disqualifies you. He's trying to point your attention to every whispering voice that somewhere across the site. Sometimes you're convinced that the people whispering across the room are certainly talking about you when they're just absolutely trying to swap recipes. But that's how the devil works. And by that you feel so unqualified and and you just feel so silly to even make that approach and say, Listen, I believe that the Lord would have me serve in this way. I believe this is the call of God for my life. I believe this is what the Lord wants me to do. Listen, I want to talk to you for a minute about the confirmation here. You see, for most of us, I believe that it's easy to excuse ourselves from the extraordinary. We're so used to the mundane, we're so used to the regular, we're so used to the normal. But Paul writes to the Ephesians church, the church at Ephesus, and he says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything we ask or think. And can I just share with you today, that's more than showing up at home one day, having won the sweepstakes and pulling the check out of the mail. It's you bringing your life yielded and pliable to the hand of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to not only work in you, but to work through you to see amazing things accomplished in this generation. Listen, you may be here today and you'd say, Pastor, you don't understand my past. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how low I was. You don't know how how deep I was mired down. You don't know how broken I was and maybe even how broken I still am. But can I tell you that God never has and never will look for the people who have it all together to bring glory and honor to his name because there's nothing really glorifying about a self-righteous attitude. There's nothing really that glorifies God in somebody saying, Hey, look at me, I've got it all together. But when somebody is truthful and somebody is honest and someone is vulnerable enough to say, listen, this is where I've been. And this is what God has done for me. And this is where I am in my life now. And I give God all the glory and all the praise and all the credit because except for the grace of God, I wouldn't be standing here before you today. That's when those who are hopeless, that's when those who are broken, That's when those who can't believe for any better for themselves can look at that testimony and say, God, if you can do it for them, maybe there's a shred of hope for me. God, if you can use them, I believe you can use me. And, you know, we we excuse ourselves sometimes from the dynamic and we simply sink back into our everyday existence with the reasoning that what God has called us to do is just some wild idea of our own. We, and we look at our lives and we say, as Mary did, this is what we say. God speaks to us. And, and the Lord impresses upon our hearts. Hey, you know that new hospice ministry ministry that they've got going at the church i want you to get involved with that you you know how pastor was speaking the other day about being a witness in the community and in the workplace i need you to get involved in that here here's an opportunity here i want you to step out And you know what, we we say just like Mary said, and and I'm going to paraphrase here so that you'll understand it brings a clarity and it, it really relates to us. Because what Mary said when God said, this is what I want you to do. She said, in essence, how can this be since I've not done anything to prepare myself? How can this be since I've not taken the necessary steps to achieve it myself? How can this be since I've not known a man? That's the same thing. How can this be since I wasn't trained in evangelism? How can this be since I've not always lived a perfect life? How can this be since there are others around me who seem to be more qualified? How can this be since there's nobody in my family who was ever a preacher? And some of these same questions perplexed Joseph as well. And and an angel appeared to him also saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You see, there are too many people running around in the church today and they're carrying in their hearts the call of God and taking credit for it as if it was the fruit of their own thinking when the fact of the matter is that the good thing that you desire to do was conceived in your heart by the Spirit of God. And the sad thing is this, the really sad part is that we're exercising stewardship over it as if it's our idea as well. And the truth is that one day, God's going to call us to account. And he's going to ask, how did we respond to the call? What did you do with the gifts? What did you do with the talents? What did you do with my investment in your life? How did you use it to bring glory and honor to my name? How did you use it to further the gospel? How did you use it to advance the kingdom? How did you use it? to strengthen the body. And what has what has God been touching in your heart touching your heart to do? Understand this that if it brings glory to his name and it honors him and it serves others there's a really good chance that it was conceived by the spirit. And don't be afraid of that calling, as the angel told Joseph, but rather rejoice and be glad that God has chosen you and that you are highly favored. How, how can this be? How can this be? We, we've already argued the fact that we're not qualified. We don't have the right pedigree. We don't, have the, we don't possess the positional qualifications. But if you really want to impact the world for the glory of God, it's not going to be by might, and it's not going to be by power, but it's going to be by the Spirit of the living God. It will not be according to your abilities, nor according to your strength. As a matter of fact, Paul writing to the church says this, that it's when we have reached our limits. It's when we've recognized our brokenness our inadequacy, our insufficiency. It is only then that we find the beginning of God's strength. And maybe some of you today are wrestling with the call of God and you're thinking about things that that you would like to do for the Lord. The Holy Spirit is birthing things in you and you're just concerning yourself with all of the rationale as to why not and how. How? And the angel spoke to Mary and says this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Let me tell you something. If you have ever felt called. I'm not saying that that you won't be called to things that line with your gifting. If if you have a just a some kind of disposition, you know, there's a good chance that the Lord didn't call you to hospitality ministry. I get that. Okay? Some people were not cut out to be a door greeter at Walmart. It just it's not in their realm of gifting. Some people weren't cut out to, to sing. And I realize that there's going to be some degree of interest and some degree of alignment with the way that God has gifted and blessed you and anointed you. But if you ever are faced with something and you're like you know what I got this covered there's a real good chance that you haven't dreamed a big enough dream. that you haven't believed God to stretch you enough. Because we learn over and over and over from scripture that it is not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. We learn over and over and over in scripture things that underscore the old adage that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And if we will step out by faith, reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll know a strength that overshadows every weakness. We'll know a source that overruns every impossibility. Lord, I've never known a man. You see, it doesn't matter because what's impossible with man is quite within the realm of possibilities with God. God used a man named Moses who gave every excuse that he could think of as to why God had made the wrong choice in choosing him to lead a nation out of captivity. It's, it's kind of, it just depends on how you look at that situation. It's amazing. Either way, in one way it's quite comical. It's amazing in that God has manifested himself in a burning bush. It burns, yet it's not consumed and begins to speak to this man. It's an absolutely amazing story. It's comical in that God manifests himself in a burning bush that's not consumed and still Moses thinks, well, here's a God that can set a bush ablaze but not burn it up, but he can't use me. And he begins to offer excuses and reasons why. God used a man named Gideon to give flight to the multitude when he had just a handful of those who were willing to fight. God defeated an entire Syrian army just because the people of God put praise on their front line of of offense and went after it. Throughout history, God has used the frail and the unlikely to do exceedingly great things and I believe that God is going to raise up men and women of this generation. I believe that God is going to raise up an army in this era, empowered by the strength of the Holy Spirit to do amazing things in this generation. And you know what? I believe that you're one. And some of you just believe that for the person to your left and the person to your right. And I don't have time to call every individual's name in this room this morning. I think I could. But when I say that I believe you're one, I don't say it to your exclusion. If you're hearing me this morning in this room or maybe you're watching online, I'm talking about you. God wants to use you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life to bring glory to his name, to bring honor to him, to advance the kingdom in this generation and to spread the gospel. And he can use you. He can use you. Let me give you one more thing and then we're going to close. Matter of fact, you can go ahead and stand up. Our worship team's going to come and minister to us and in just a minute we're going to open the altars. So oftentimes we catch a glimpse of what it is that, that God's wanting us to do. And it's up there. And our issue is that as hard as we try, we can't figure out how to get from where we are to up here where we need to be I mean I might could do it but it wouldn't be pretty and the last time I did it in a crowd like this I split my pants so I, I digress so we're just anxious and we can't understand how in the world we're going to get there And and we want with everything in us to say, Lord, be it unto me. And maybe we say, be it unto me. But where it stalls out is that there is a succession of steps. And there is a journey that's going to lead us from where we are to where we need to be. And with every step along the way, we have to be willing. God has shown us the big picture. But by faith, we've got to be willing to take the next step and we here's what we think is going to happen boop, 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 boop. here's what happens in actuality we get on the first step and we think we got our eyes on the next but while we're on this step God has some lessons to teach us he has some things to change in us he has there's parts of us that need transformation. There's parts of us that need molding. There's parts of us that need shaping. And on this step, there're going to be trials. There're going to be adversities. There're going to be tests. There's going to be there's going to be things that come in our lives that we weren't ready for. But even here in this moment, as those things come, we've got to be willing to say, "Lord, be it unto me." I'm your servant, Lord. Be it unto me. And once we get those things straight, then God's going to move us to the next one. And and it's it's wash rinse and repeat i mean over and over again it's same thing here it comes here comes some more and god's doing a work in our lives and god's moves but all the time we've still got our eyes on you don't get frustrated don't give up just continue every step of the way because it's not just a one-time deal but it's a daily thing to say lord be it unto me you see mary mary wasn't ready for the ridicule Mary wasn't ready for the accusations Mary wasn't ready for the testing for the trials that was coming her way just because she said one time Lord be it unto me but every day every time one of those things came Lord be it unto me and as we continue to walk in faith and yielded submission to the power of the Holy Spirit he continues to work and he continues to move and he continues to progress us along to bring us to that place but every day see there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of purpose in the lives of individual believers that get stalled out on the floor because we can't see how to get from there to here like that but it's every day taking one step at a time by faith and saying, Lord, here am I your servant. Be it unto me, just like you've said. And I know that he works all things together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. He's going to see you through, amen?